Is is that where all the BYU students went to soak back in the day? <laughs> uh, no, this is where the meth heads went to make their meth. I mean, there's only one right answer here. It's Chick Fil A sauce. Like, what is the what's what is the Chick Fil A sauce? I don't think I've had Chick Fil A sauce actually. Okay, well, if you eat it, it means you hate gay people. But <laughs> like, uh, it's delicious. If you eat it, it means you hate gay people. Yeah. Well, you know, I, general conference. It's 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 boring. It's very. There's a lot of like mixed messaging. It's not. Um, there's a lot of times mentioned, like milk they, toast, right? It's like the same old dudes have been saying the same thing for how long? <laughs> like, like I understand why people are seeking to do things outside, like the yoga, the spirituality, all I that mean, stuff. I mean, everything like, was so fantastically wrong. I was just in shock. Like, if you if you ever want to send someone through a faith crisis, just say, hey, you should go back to like the 70s and listen to the conference talks till now. That's the thing though that I've noticed too is that there's a shift towards more specifically defined living prophet. You follow the living prophets even in, I can't remember who it was this conference I was trying to flip through my notes but He he talked about lending your candle to the cause just like sharing your light with with those around you which really resonates with me and I I love that idea Um, and then he said they have it right in primary Jesus really does want you for a sunbeam I don't know if you, and when I this think time when they were announcing temples, like people like audibly like cheered from the, like, from the conference. It was the very last the thing, right? Like it was yeah. saved for the finale. <laughs> <laughs> this is Infants on Thrones. Baby steps. You want someone to preach to? The philosophies of men. I like magical toys mingled with humor i don't believe in there will be many willing to preach to you the philosophies of men mingled with humor we are evolving baby steps even by end this world of money look for the good in everything Look for the people who will set your soul free. It always seems impossible until it's done. Look for the good in everyone. All right, welcome back to Infants on Thrones. I'm Glenn Ostland, and this is episode 799, General Conference in Review. And today I am very excited to introduce you to a new group that I hope you'll be hearing from a lot more over the next coming weeks and months. Some of them have appeared on the podcast, so maybe you remember them from previous episodes. There's Reed and Jessica and Ren. But there are others, uh, Kurt and Mike, who you'll be meeting today for the first time. But not for the last time, because we will also be reviewing the Hulu series Under the Banner of Heaven as well as a number of other topics that we'll explore because we like to and it's fun. And by the way, I should mention that I do run a coaching group that meets several times a month. We focus on similar topics in a very fun, supportive, and encouraging environment. So if you'd like to find out more about what I'm doing with coaching, if you'd like to be part of a group like this, please reach out to me at infantsonthrones at gmail.com and I'd be happy to give you more information. And now, so 
what if I switch to this mic here? Is that a little better? This no, is I, no. Yeah. No. Oh. No. Oh. Yeah. No. A perfect chiasmus. No. no. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. No. This is complicated. All right. Let's get going, shall we? No, I was going to have to provide a bio. Claire. Yeah. I know. Yeah, I was counting gonna... on my fingers how many years I've been out of the church. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> it's been a while. <laughs> All right, so Reed, with your new microphone level, why don't you introduce yourself? Because you've been on Infants on Thrones before. I have. Tell, tell the listeners a little bit about who you are and what's going on in your life since the last time you were on Infants on Thrones. Ooh, geez. Um, well, I've been going to this uh, group coaching for, for a little while, and that's been extremely helpful. Um, other than that, yeah, I've been uh, just listening to a lot of good stuff from Ram Dass, Alan Watts. I don't know, whoever I can. You know, here, here's the thing, and I don't want to hijack this for because we're going to talk about general conference reactions and responses. But when, when I did the coaching with you, uh, it was about a year ago. One of the big issues was you were, you know, worried about what your parents would think when they found out that you had left the church. And so the biggest change, I mean, because all of the listeners, like I, I get emails like, probably hundreds of emails each day asking me what's going on with Reed. What's going on with Reed. Everybody wants to know <laughs> hundreds, of emails, huh? hundreds, hundreds of emails every day. Um, but, but did your parents ever find out that you left the church and what happened? How did that go? Uh, yes. So I think it's been about two months ago um, that I told them over a phone call and uh I would say it it went well as well as it could, um, and I don't want to uh, you know give too many too many details here, but there's definitely feels like th- uh, there's a difference now in our relationship, mm. and and um, I know they were very emotional about that uh, revelation when I told them. Um, was it as bad as you were refer- worried that it was going to be? Uh, well, for one thing, it was a huge relief to have that conversation over. I think I had rehearsed or thought about that conversation several dozen times a day. Mm. And and I I think I got to the point where I was just so tired of thinking about it. And I was honestly in a, in a good headspace to have that conversation. I'd, um, realized over many months of, uh, you know, through coaching and, and whatnot, that I wasn't responsible for their feelings. And um, that was extremely helpful to uh, have that conversation, uh, see them go through the reaction, which they did. And it was a, it was tough to witness their reaction because yeah. I know there was a lot of tears shed on their side. Yeah. Um, made me very upset. They see that reaction, see them hurting, I would say, but um, it, you know, I'd never felt responsible. I never felt like it was my fault that they were feeling this way. It was just, yeah. this is what they are going through. Um, so yeah, it was, <laughs> I mean, it, that conversation was long overdue and I should probably, well, no, I don't regret having it when I did. Yeah, I thought it was perfectly timed in terms of, I was in a great spot. Had I done that, um, you know, around the time we were uh, doing the coaching thing, I don't, it would have gone horribly. I yeah. think on both sides, I would have taken a lot of um, 
responsibility for how they felt. And um, so, so yeah, um, still I have not seen them in person or I've only talked to uh, my mom once since that conversation. Mm. Um, so, but I can tell there's a strain there, but I think over time that will just only get better. I yeah. Hope. Good. So. All right. Thanks, Reed. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's, let's, let's move to Jessica because in, in the timing of people who have appeared on infants on thrones, I think Reed's first episode was right before your first episode, yeah, I think like so. the day before. So um, how, how introduce yourself a little bit, Jess, and how has your life been? What's going on since the last time you were on Infants on Thrones? Yeah, it's been a while. You were right. It was in 2020. I think it was around mm. October, November. Uh, a lot has happened since then, mm. but mostly good. Yeah. <laughs> um, we, I think at that time, I was still in like a mixed faith marriage and my husband, Tanner, he um, has, you know, changed a lot of his views and, you know, become much more um, on the same page and same level as, as I am, as far as approaching church and the way that we, you know, I don't know, handle all of those things. Uh, So so you're no longer attending as a family. We're no longer attending. Mm. We were, uh, just going to sacrament meeting for a little while. Mm-hmm. And that's still on the table. Like, especially I think um, with our kids, we have five kids and yeah. we've always kind of been like, if you miss your friends, if you want to go, we will always take you. Um, and activities and, and stuff like that. We've, you know, it's not a closed door where we won't have any interaction, especially with family and cousins and that kind of thing. But um, for the most part, we're trying to just figure out life on the other side. Um, and it has its hiccups and, you know, twists and turns, but it's been a really neat journey to figure out who we are as individuals and watch our children kind of grow and figure out who they are. And we have a few kids that are part of LGBTQ community, and that was a huge motivating factor in our transition and our um, decisions that we were making back then and then progressively now. Um, But yeah, I don't know. It's, I I was thinking when I was preparing for this, I used to have such an interest, like a obsessive interest in church and (laughs) like podcast listening and all of that. Um, But it definitely has softened as time has gone by and the intensity has kind of drop down (laughs) some levels. And although I'm still invested, I think because I have so much history there, it's definitely, you know, I don't know. You've got an intense interest in, in other things besides like the Mormon stuff. Yeah. 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 Cool. All right. Thanks, Jess. Mm -hmm. So Ren, you you are the next, next person sequentially who has been on the podcast previously. So introduce yourself and welcome back. Yeah, I am uh, Ren Christensen, transcendent, transcendental, transgressive, transformative, transgender, transistor engineer. Wow. That's right. And I'm back. Impressive. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Thanks, Ren. (laughs) That was quick. All right. And then we've got two. Uh, Kurt and Mike, I don't think either of you have been on the podcast before. So you can kind of virtually arm wrestle to see who gets to go first. 
I mean, I'll go first if you want me to. Mike won. (laughs) All right. So I'm Mike. Um, I have left the church actually in 2016, around the time where Tyler Glenn was doing the X album. Mm. That really got me thinking about, you know, why he was speaking out that way. And once I read the CES letter, it was done. So Mm. I guess once I left the church, the journey didn't stop there. I have since um, divorced my wife and am... Is it final? Um, not 100% final. Okay. All we're right. almost there. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but um, so I guess from looking back, I went through a really angry phase. I would still say I do get triggered from time to time with certain topics. But um, overall, like I, my view of the church has been kind of, it's over there and I'm over here. Mm. Um, and that's probably a little bit of a defense mechanism because my parents are still pretty in the church. But as of, I mean, this year, they have really softened their stance on, you know, how they view me and how they approach me as their son and how um, I pretty much don't let them really think about me as a member anymore. Like, mm. for, it's completely divorced now. Like, um, I do use a lot of the same language. So calling over to, what's his name? Gosh, I have, it's been a long time since I listened to those old episodes, but who's the lawyer guy that... Scott, Matt child defense lawyer yeah that's matt matt okay i remember once something he said stuck with me and that was that he used the same language as his parents and that really bonded him with his parents even though he didn't have the same beliefs i took that same approach and it's taken a lot of time i mean i won't say that it's been very functional but i feel like my relationship with my parents has gotten much better so i mean that's been my journey this last what how long has it been since 2016 a couple years whatever (laughs) but um yeah every once in a while i do watch conference so ren i do feel you there because (laughs) like i will watch it just for fun but i don't take notes (laughs) (laughs) i will just watch it and just it'll let it ruminate in my head (laughs) so now i need to start taking notes but yeah yeah ren Ren took some fantastic trastic fantastic uh notes I don't know, I Jessica, Jessica probably took better notes than I did. I yeah. just smart alecky quips. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Mike. And then last but not least, Kurt, let's hear from you. Um, I don't even know how I got on this thing. Like, I'm pretty sure Jen just, or Glenn just, did you hear that Freudian slip call you Jen? You called me Jen. Glenn, yeah. <laughs> Glenn just offered to bring me on here for uh like immature smart ass comments. I'm pretty sure. Is that what it uh, is? <laughs> yeah. Um, I, uh, I'm trying to think what I want to say. I, I'm passionate about helping, uh, others around me and myself, like get to a place of peace and healing and love. And, hmm. um, yeah, I've, I've been, well, that's not very smart Alec, Kurt. I know. I know. I, <laughs> And lots of uh, bathroom jokes and stuff on top of that as well. Um, Yeah, I've been kind of like leaving the church for eight years or so. My my wife and kids are still in, but uh, I'm, that's what, that's what I'm uh, working on myself. And for like those that I can help around me is just like acceptance and love and that sort of thing. All right. Okay. Well, thank you guys for the introduction. And now we're going to do like a general conference review and where this goes 
nobody knows, but Ren, I, I think I'm going to lean on you for our yeah. organization and structure okay. on this. So do, do you want to, do you want to preside? You can, you can conduct. Let me conduct this meeting. Right on. Conducting. All right. Uh, music Go. provided by. The... Do I get to sit on the stand even though yes. I'm a woman? Okay, cool. Yeah. No, this, our, our stand is all women. And uh, if you're not a woman, you need to be off the stand. So um, please. If, if you're not a woman yet, you can become one. <laughs> you can become To get on the stand. <laughs> That's right. right. Okay. Um. So uh, I thought, you know, this is a, the, a new kind of panel for Infants on Thrones, kind of new group of people here, all getting to, to comment on what's happening. And uh, I thought it might be good for everybody, for the audience, uh, to kind of calibrate uh, their tastes with ours. We could go around and uh, uh, answer a few questions, kind of a la uh, survey thing. Um, but, uh, these are, these are questions designed to kind of see if, uh, people would, would relate to you, how they might vibe with you. Um, I stole this idea from a cooler podcast. So <laughs> wait, Hey, <laughs> All right. okay. All right. So, uh, I'm going to ask these questions, uh, try not to linger too long on them. We'll kind of roll through this. Um, first off, what are your thoughts on bowling? Let's start with you, Reed. Bowling. Bowling the sport? The sport of bowling. Uh, not a fan. Okay. Jessica. It's cool. I like it. All right. Curtis. Big Lebowski. Big Lebowski. All right. Mike. I mean, I had shoes once, and I found a bowling ball with my name on it at the DI. And nice. it's a fun sport to drink and play. So <laughs> I'm okay with bowling every once in a while. Nice. Glenn? Yeah, I, I, I like taking the bowling ball and doing like a, a full like 360 degree uh, with my arm, you know, like bring it all oh, up yeah. and then get it down. Yeah. It's called That's the fun. windmill. Is that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The windmill. I yeah. want to see it. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I, I like bowling. I like food at bowling alleys. So, you know. Okay, that's question one. Everybody can kind of gauge who they would like to go bowling with out of all of us. Uh, next question, favorite nugget dipping sauce. Let's go start with Glenn this time, go backwards. Favorite nugget dipping sauce. No, see, because I'm a seven on the Enneagram and that means I, you cannot pin me down to one. Like, oh. like honestly, if, if, I, if I have uh, nuggets, I'm going to want at least three different dipping sauces. Mm. And it depends on, you know, like, I, I used to really, really like McDonald's um, hot mustard dipping sauce. It's probably that's, that's probably my favorite one. I'll go with that one if I if I had to do one. Nice, nice. All right, Mike. I'm gonna say buffalo. Any buffalo sauce, the more vinegary, the better. Mm. <laughs> Kurt. I mean, there's only one right answer here. It's Chick Fil A sauce. Like what? <laughs> What is the what's what is the Chick Fil A sauce? I don't think I've the, had Chick Fil A sauce actually. Okay, well, if you eat it, it means you hate gay people. But like, uh, it's delicious. It's just it's just like creamy and and smoky and sweet and. It's like Thousand Island. No. <laughs> it's like Thousand. It's not Thousand Island, but it's like Thousand Island. It's maybe no? in the family. Maybe of in the Thousand family. Island. Yeah. Okay. It's like a distant it, cousin to Thousand Island dressing. All right, Jessica. 
Favorite nugget dipping sauce? Definitely Chick-fil-A sauce, hands down. Chick-fil-A, another Chick-fil-A. They sell it at the store now, so go get yourself some. (laughs) All right, Reed. Does the campfire sauce at Red Robin count? Yes. Okay, that's that's mine. All right. That's my second. Good one, Reed. (laughs) And I am honey mustard. There we go. Honey mustard is up there too, yeah. Now people, you know, who share the audience can now, you know, judge us accordingly, put us in the right bins. All right. Uh, Next question. Favorite series starting with the word star, right? I was thinking, you know, which Star Trek is your favorite, but I think that's not inclusive enough. So favorite series starting with the word star i'll go ahead and go first star trek deep space nine jessica i'm trying to look it up online i have no idea star Um, wars star wars jessica is on the star wars Wars. (laughs) kurt yeah it's gonna have to be star wars like yeah star wars oh uh all right uh uh, reed yeah, I would take Star Wars over Star Trek, too. Another Star Wars. Glenn. It hasn't been made yet. Oh, very nice. <laughs> Mike. 100% Star Wars. Holy moly. Yeah, I love Star Wars. <laughs> Whoa, I am the odd one out here. Oh, my goodness. Okay, well, again, mine was Star Trek Deep Space Nine, the correct answer. Um, <laughs> uh, so we've all heard the question. Uh, who would you like to have dinner with, living or dead? That's a boring question. Let's flip it on its head. Who living, living, that's living people, who alive would you refuse to have dinner with? Starting with uh, Mike. Just because he came up in my feed, Tucker Carlson. <laughs> <laughs> and that was just because he's the first person that I could think of negatively today. <laughs> All right. Oh my gosh, that guy. I can't do that guy. <laughs> Reed, person you would refuse to have dinner with. Um, I would say <clears throat> Donald Trump. Okay, Donald Trump. All right. Glenn. I don't I don't I don't have a good answer to that question, Red. I was thinking Putin, but mm. yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I've had a feeling Glenn would say he wouldn't know. All right. <laughs> Jessica. I feel like I'd have dinner with everybody. And if I didn't like oh. them, I just, I don't know. But the first thought that came to my mind, if I had to answer, which I don't know why, but was Fran Drescher because her voice is so annoying. Oh. <laughs> so I just tell her, just don't talk. And then I'd have dinner with her. So. Is that her real voice though? Or is that just her voice like on the TV show? No idea. Okay. I have no idea. All right. All right. Kurt. Uh, Jess stole my answer. Um, so Fran, a lot of Fran dresser haters in this panel. Oh my goodness. <laughs> no, 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 nothing. No, just that I would have dinner with anybody. I, I well, yeah. Yeah. But then like my 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 other answer is just like political people that I don't know. I find boring. Right. Can I, can I change mine? Sure. Uh, David Bednar. 
David Bednar. Oh, topical, yeah. topical. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because we're talking about conference, right? So right. there's my there's my contribution. See, but I'd love to have dinner with like a Mormon authority. That would be so much fun. Of course you would. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you're right. I'd order, it would I'd order be wine. fascinating. Oh wow, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it would be fascinating. You're right. You'd be really smooth though, you guys. What would you do if they ordered wine? I'd turn it to water. Um, I would say, uh, just kind of hot topic-y right now, I would say I would not have dinner with J.K. Rowling. Say like, no way, lady. All right. Good choice. Uh, any, in, did everybody get a chance to answer that one? I think so. All right. This is the last one. How far are you willing to walk for an errand? At what for distance? An yeah. At what distance? Is it okay? Now I need to get in a car to go do this. I don't have sidewalks by me, so it's kind of dangerous. <laughs> so probably not very far. <laughs> Any distance for Jessica. All right, uh, Kurt. I like walking. I mean, maybe not as much as Reed. Reed is really into speed walking. I don't know if you guys knew that about Reed. Um, yes. But I would, I used to park as far away as I could from the office when I um, like lived in Colorado, which was great to walk as much as I could. But uh, no, I would walk 656 yards. All right. Half a kilometer about. Pretty good. All right. Uh, Reed. The walker. I was looking forward to an opportunity to brag about my daily step count average per year, but it's about 15,000. So, um, yeah. Um, so I would say a mile. I would go a mile because that's about the distance our grocery stores are at. So I've done that. So mile. Yeah. I'll, I'll put mine in the middle here. Yeah, as well. A mile. I'm with you, Reed. One mile. You can do it. Go walk over there. <laughs> Mike, not a, not a big deal. I mean, I'm not at 15k steps, so I'm going to say 0.75 miles. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I walk to 7-Eleven by my house all the time with my kids. It's like our excuse to do some movement. <laughs> nice, nice. And Glenn? Well, if it's errands that I have to like bring something back with me, I'm going to take the car so they don't have to carry it. But if if it's just like going for a walk, uh, I don't know, 10 miles. Whoa, 10 miler. Wow. I, I, I used to love going for like long walks. Nice. Yeah. All I'm right. A, a walk hater. I actually like walks. So yeah. just putting that yeah. out there too. <laughs> it's, the, it's the errands part that kind of tripped me up, Ren. Yeah. Do, do better next time. Okay. <laughs> All right. So now uh, people can can uh, judge us accordingly, pick their favorites, and uh, and side with their opinions on general conference. Bum, bum, bum. Bum, bum, bum. I'm kind of upset about it. Um, you know, we, we were planning on doing this, and uh, Glenn gave the assignment. Hey, everybody, get ready because we're going to talk about. It wasn't conference. an assignment. It was a and, suggestion. Uh, and uh, I end up being the only one to actually watch all of it. And I then, finished it today. Oh, I nice. finished all of it. <laughs> Everybody else went and saw everything everywhere all at once. And yes. I felt like there was a Which much better. I saw <laughs> much that better. too. Did, yeah. did you see that, Ren? I did see it. Yeah. Okay. All right. I thought it was very good. Yeah. Yes. Better than conference? Uh, yeah. Well, um, 
What? You know, I'm general conference. It's, it's, it's boring. It's very, there's a lot of like mixed messaging. It's not, um, uh, there's a lot of times when they, you know, uh, say things that contradict what they said at the last session. Um, but it's an event, you know what mm. I mean? Like it happens only twice a year and, uh, everybody gets together, has a good time. My family, they always make, uh, crepes, Swedish pancakes. Um, I don't know. Does it, do your families have like uh, conference traditions? Okay. This is a thing because when I married my husband, he made scones. Like that was a thing. Like, I don't know. It must be Mormon thing. Cause I had no idea what he was talking about. I thought it was just from where I am from in Washington, there's fair scones, which is like a biscuit. And he was talking about fried scones. <laughs> so first when he said he's going to make scones, I just thought it was something totally different, but that was the tradition for them is scones. Oh, anybody else? That's, that's, that's a Utah thing. Calling scones, calling fry bread scones. Yeah. We had that growing up too. Covered in peanut butter and syrup. Ooh. Low Powdered cow. sugar. That's mm. or syrup. Yeah. I don't know. So tradition. I, oh, go ahead, Reed. I was gonna say I I didn't have we don't I didn't come from a tradition of doing that because they showed conference in the church where I grew up, and mm-hmm. so we were as a kid we went to every session. There was no excuse. You went to every session of conference, Ugh. and it was usually mostly empty, and so we would just draw the whole time. You know, you entertain yourself as best you could. So I didn't grow up with any sort of tradition of breakfast on conference until we moved till BYU TV came on like dish network, you know, and that was when, so then we developed our own of making a big breakfast and all that stuff. And then you'd fall asleep in the afternoon because you're full of carbs. So it's great. Yes. Mike, what were you saying? No, I was going to say that my tradition was just to convince my parents that I could watch it while closing my eyes. (laughs) because <laughs> I was in Utah so we saw it on TV and I mean we weren't the best members like we didn't do family home evening growing up or any of that stuff but we tried so yeah that it was just a couch day but yeah. no big traditions yeah yeah so I mean entertainment wise uh conference is not the the number one choice obviously I think you know any any movie you'd probably have a more entertaining afternoon but uh, uh it's 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 hard to beat, you know, moments with your family, um, and, and being with them. I think, um, that didn't happen for me this time, you know, watching conference here, uh, uh, with, well, I just watched it by myself, I guess. Um, but yeah, my overall reaction is that it was, uh, very dull and, um, not, much of substance was really said. Um, and, uh, uh, I feel like the conferences, I don't know if it's, uh, a real thing or not, but it feels like they are saying like less and less in terms of, um, controversial things. Um, like I, I feel, I get the vibe that there aren't really any kind of general authorities who have the guts to kind of get up on the stand and kind of make, you know, really provocative statements about, I don't know, something. I mean, there were a couple, and if you really wanted to make, you know, 
hey, you could take some of the statements and, and say, oh my gosh, I, they said this thing. But like, I feel like nobody wants to try to offend anybody. And, and so they just kind of have really brought the, the discussion or the, the messaging down to kind of a milk toast uh, level. I don't know. Guys it's think? been milk toast for for so long. Like I, I, I remember as a kid watching General Conference, and I I couldn't wait for the prophet to reveal like, when are the lost tribes coming back, and where are they? You know, like give give me something, give me something big that I can sink my teeth into. Like, and I would be excited. And then after enough times of being disappointed, I just stopped caring about it. Like, eh, that's not. I'm not going to get what I want from it. Like I, I, I wanted that, what, 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 there's that article of faith that we believe in what's been revealed and that there'll be a great many things revealed in the future. I, I always thought that general conference would be the vehicle for that future new revelation uh, that would kind of continue the tradition that Joseph Smith started of let's, let, let's break away from the, the typical way of looking at things in Protestant Christianity and kind of expand it and keep expanding it and keep expanding it and keep expanding it. And it wasn't that, and it's still not that. I think it's even contracting even more to be more boring and milk toast, but at least, at least for me, for what I'm looking for. Yeah. Kurt. So yeah, milk toast is the perfect word in my mind. Like way to go, Ren, bringing that up. Um, here's a question for you that I'm curious in hearing like what everyone here's take is on their experience with like their, uh, you know, believing friends and family. What is, what is the vibe you get from people you interact with on their take of general conference? Cause I have my view, but I'm curious what you all like the vibe from those who are like in the church, what they, what they think and feel about general conference. The vibe that I get from, you know, being on social media or connecting with uh, family members or listening to what they have to say, it feels like kind of a, like a pep talk, like general conferences, a place where you feel like, okay, we could do this. (laughs) It's just a a good spiritual pep talk and regrouping. I don't, well, I don't think honestly this time around, I don't know if I, I don't think I have any family that was really uh, like putting anything out there on in like text messages or anything like the way we communicate usually. But um, I mean, there are always excitement about the temple announcements. Um, and it, there, this time around, there was double excitement because it was in areas of where I have family or where someone was serving a mission or whatever. So it seems like that's, that's where the excitement lies is temple announcements. And, um, uh, but honestly, I, you know, we're supposed to, I don't know if we're supposed to listen to the conference before that. I, I could not do it. I, I honestly could not submit myself to listening to conference. And I'm so glad that some of you are able to do that and, 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 and semi enjoy it. Or, you know, I know there's good messages there, but, um, but you really have to kind of search hard for them. <laughs> I don't know. They come kind of in disguise of supporting the corporation over anything. And uh, I don't know. I don't, yeah. I don't know if you, this time when they were announcing temples, like people like audibly like cheered from the, like from the 
conference center. You can it was hear the it very the last thing, right? Like yeah. it was saved for the finale. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and, they, and I think they need some of that right now, you know, in terms of they've had a huge drop in membership, I, you know, and they probably need some sort of shouting and well, excitement, so right? We, that's like, sorry to like take over again here on this piece, but like that's that was the vibe that I have been getting from just like lots of people that I interact with is not so much like a, like when conference rolls around, it's just like, Oh, sweet. Like I don't have to go to church this weekend. And it's just sort of like a meh feeling. And it, and I don't know exactly like, this is obviously just my anecdotal experience, but it feels like there's in conjunction with this that I notice, it feels like there's also like a lot more, at least, at least the groups that I interact with, there's a lot more like yearning for more spiritual growth and understanding and stuff. And that people are willing to go outside, uh, outside the, you know, the, the brethren in the church to get that, whether it's through meditation or yoga or plant-based medicine or uh, like spiritual healers and stuff like that. Like I know I, lots of, lots of people that I, that I interact with in the church are, are doing things like that, which never seemed to be the case for me, at least growing up or mm-hmm. until the last few years. Well, that makes perfect sense to me because I feel like I'm on social media enough and there's so much out there. You're getting different inspirational quotes, different self-help guides all the time. And many of those appeal to members and they're helpful. They're useful. And, um, you know, people that, devote their whole career to researching, you know, Brene Brown stuff, all that. And so, yeah, it makes sense that all of a sudden you're kind of starting to compare, like, what am I getting here? And what am I getting here? Well, <laughs> um, it, I, so I, I listened to some of conference and it's so interesting, Jess, you say that because uh, Jeffrey R. Holland brought up um, Lori Santos, who's like Yale professor, all about like happiness and everything, like most taken course at Yale ever. And um, and it was interesting because he sort of was brought up her as like, oh, look at the world going to this individual to learn about happiness and how to, how to be, um, you know, how to be happy in your life when we really have that here in the church. Um, anyway, it was just so fascinating to me when, when he brought her up because anyway, I have different feelings about that. You guys mentioned like milk toast, right? It's like the same old dudes have been saying the same thing for how long? <laughs> like, I mean, some of these guys... I was, I listened to a little bit. I didn't listen to much of it. Um, so, um, I listened to your suggestion, Jess. So I listened to that episode and just listening to what they're saying. They're saying the same things. I can't imagine, like, I understand why people are seeking to do things outside, like the yoga, the spirituality, all that stuff. It's like the church is losing its luster almost. Did or you hear the, the talk from elder Ballard? He got up and the way he started the talk was like, one time I got up to talk in general conference mm-hmm. and I lost sight in my eye. <laughs> I was fascinated by that piece. Yeah. <laughs> I was what? like, I want to go listen to that talk now. <laughs> yeah. It just seemed so weird, but it's yeah, that was just cool. my assessment. Yeah, I agree. I, I feel like it's kind of cool. There have been some subtle shifts that I've noticed of becoming a little bit more personable. I think that they're starting to catch on, even though they're old, that, Oh, people want to hear that I'm a human and it's not, it's always like with a guard, but they're kind of approaching that. Okay. 
we can relate to each other <laughs> a little bit more. Um, and I appreciate that. So um, something I don't know if I mentioned on when Glenn and I were talking, but the thing that sent me through that's really kickstarted my faith crisis was listening to general conference, but I was going to go back and listen from the year I was born. Cause those are available if you go into LDS tools. And so I started on the year I was born and and progressed to like 1982 and I could not listen to one more conference talk because they were horrible. All of them. I never, and this is back when I, I remember like trying to feel the spirit, you know, through the, yeah. So sorry, Reed, hold on. This is when you were believing, right? Yes. This was like the pinnacle, my pinnacle attempt to become as spiritually attuned as possible because I just kind of, I was, I was kind of lost at that point. I was like, okay, you know what? The most spiritual thing I could do is go back and listen to every conference talk from the year I was born till now, right? Thinking that was going to be the thing that lifted me up to peak spirituality. And so I go back, I start the year I was born, which is around the time when uh, the priesthood ban was just let go, right? And they were still referring to black people as the sons of Cain in like 1982. And they were, st- and, and, and the talks on um, LGBTQ stuff back then. And I mean, everything was so fantastically wrong. I was just in shock and it was so different. Like if you, if you ever want to send someone through a faith crisis, just say, Hey, you should go back to like, the seventies and listen to the conference talks till now and, and, and just see how they react as they listen to those con those talks and they discover that everything that has been said or prophesied or whatever is absolutely just wrong. You know, the way that they thought about how uh, people were gay or, you know, it's just like, everything was just incredibly wrong. And I was as faithful at that point as I could be. And I was just, I stopped listening because I was just, completely devastated by the stuff I was hearing. It was just like, what, what religion am I in? Because this stuff is absolutely horrible. It was very authoritarian, very just like um, appearance oriented. They talked a lot about, you know, showing up to church dressed the right way. And um, so yeah, saying that 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 conference now is milk toast, but at the same time, it's so much better than it was back when our parents were like eating it up. But that's all they had, and and you can kind of understand where your parents are coming from. So. You you weren't sipping enough consecrated oil while you were watching. Right? You just gotta <laughs> take little sips, but that's uh no, that's I, I have I have gone back. I haven't listened. I've gone back and read some plenty of talks from back then and uh yes notice the exact same thing that's the thing though that i've noticed too is that there's a shift towards more specifically defined living prophet you follow the living prophets even in i can't remember who it was this conference i was trying to flip through my notes but there was a definitive statement of you can trust living prophets and so i don't know it, it feels like a big shift from where it used to be of all you know this is all truth regardless study it all (laughs) and now it's like just pay close attention to living (laughs) profits so um yeah we've kind of gone through and and, uh kind of got an overall sense of kind of the vibe of general conference the general feeling of general conference 
Um, did anybody have anything that stood out to them, like some some bright spots? Like let's let's do that. Uh, what 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 is the method of like you know? Hey, let's say something good about someone, then say something bad, and then we'll say something good again. <laughs> We're doing it backwards, I guess. We did bad. Let's let's say some good things. I have one. I can go. Um, I liked, and and this was Elder Holland's talk again, actually, but it wasn't necessarily anything he said specifically. Well, it was him quoting from a primary song, which was, um, he, he talked about lending your candle to the cause, just like sharing your light with, with those around you, which really resonates with me. And I, and I love that idea. Um, and then he said, they have it right in primary. Jesus really does want you for a sunbeam. And when I think about like being a sunbeam, like shining out your light to those around you. And if, if you take Jesus or God or intelligence or humanity or whatever wants you to shine forth your light to those around you, like that really resonates with me. And that's, this is like a perfect example of like, you know, filtering through lots of messages that I don't agree with and, and finding some things that really do resonate with me. And I can appreciate the benefit of it, but at the same time, like, I don't think in the future I'll be putting forth the effort to go and filter through all this to get those little tidbits. But that was one that I, I wrote down in my notes and that I really liked. You know why I think you like that so much, Kurt, is, is because shining your light on people for you now means something different than probably it meant when you were believing in the church. Because I, I think now shining light means... I'm going to, I'm, I'm just going to show love and acceptance and compassion for you, wherever you are, what, whatever you're doing, I'm going to accept you. I mean, within reason, right. But, but for the, for the Mormon message of shining your light, it means be an example of uh, what it means to be a, a member of the one true church and bear your testimony in all situations and boldly and with conviction and, you know, like, I don't, I don't know. I'm still a little jaded on that whole, like shining your light thing. I'm, I'm proud of you for being able to see the good. <laughs> yeah, well, honestly, you're, you're to, exactly to me, right. But... To me, it's like, I, I, I appreciate what you're saying. I don't think you really mean it the way that I think about it now. Um, but and you don't, you don't think that, and I think you're probably right, but you don't think that I'm taking it the same way that like probably Elder Holland means it or that most members would mean it. I don't even think that they really know what they mean when they say it. I think it's just one of those things that it's in scripture, you know, like you don't let your, you don't, you don't hide your light under a bushel or something. So like shine your light. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shine your light. Well, what does that really mean when you're, when you're a Mormon and the missionary work is such an important part of it? I think, I think shining your light is kind of a euphemism for sharing the gospel with people and converting them to Mormonism and, you know, like re reinforcing kind of the rigidity of the one true truth rather than really shining the light of love and compassion and acceptance. I could be wrong about that, but I don't think that's how, I don't think that's how most Mormons would take it. I don't know the, the only conference talk I listened to was the Neil L. Anderson one um, that I, I listened to in a lot of detail and did a little smackdown on. And I, I, I liked his message of being a peacemaker. To me, it's equivalent of letting your light shine. But the way he defined being a peacemaker was you, you declare the truthfulness that you feel with conviction and you don't back down when people come at you. <laughs> you know, like I, 
I, I, I don't think that's totally being a peacemaker. I think that's still uh, saying, here's a line, don't cross it kind of thing. Yeah. yeah the one that really sh- stood out for me was that uh, Patrick Kieran talk. I think I shared some thoughts on Slack about it, but um, yeah, I thought like presentation wise and um, like, uh, substance wise, I thought it was really great. He had a reference to Shackleton, which I'm, I'm, I love, uh, the story of Shackleton and, um, you know, his, his message of like getting through suffering through Jesus Christ. What, what, mean, what is Shackleton? I don't know what that reference is. The, uh, his Antarctic explorer. He, he told the story of the, the, just briefly mentioned it like, Hey, one time there was this guy named Shackleton who tried to explore the Antarctic and got his ship stuck and it was pretty scary for a while. And also there was these Apollo 13 astronauts who thought that they weren't going to be able to make it back to earth. That was pretty scary. Guess what? Jesus can help you through the scary times. <laughs> Which, that's good. Uh, you know, yeah. Okay. Sure. Like, I mean, okay. That talk though was exactly the kind of talk I needed to hear when I was a member. <laughs> like, it was a universal, applicable talk to anyone who was going through a very hard time. And honestly, it felt reparative in a lot of ways with past messages like Reed was talking about. I mean, there's only so much they can say, like, back then we didn't know and now we know, you know, it's it comes out in these ways of, you know, really he was able to access empathy and not be preachy like talk to you, like that's the kind, you know, when I imagine the best bishop you could have, that is what I would, you know, hope for, for people to go and be, you know, uh, comforted or or listened to or or believed in whatever pain that they're experiencing. So I really appreciated that. I think it will do a lot of good. He used the words imagining ourselves in their place when talking about people, like visitors to church and things like that, people who were not like them, which is like sort of one of the definitions of empathy, right? Which that was, his talk was the one that I probably appreciated the most of the 10 that I listened to or so. Any other any other highlights, standouts, shout outs, special mentions? I've got to tell you, I was, I was expecting a lot more from President Uchtdorf, you know? I don't know if it's just the mystique of the silver fox, you know, from back in the day. Um, you know, expecting him to really deliver, but boy, I don't know. It just fell flat this time because he like convoluted like three different analogies and somehow was like, yeah, yeah, you know, widows, my airplanes, bicycles, faith, you, you got it. <laughs> so good at getting you with like a storyline though, that you'll remember. So, <laughs> you know, with flight, you're like, okay, flight forward momentum like I can remember that <laughs> so I think he's really good at the tagline kind of impression left with you I don't know kind of messages yeah. still can't forget the one where he did years ago where it was like staying on your heading or if you don't stay on your heading on your airplane then you get off the path and I remember even as a member like that was the talk I needed to hear to stay in the church because <laughs> I was so afraid to get off that heading so you're right that does really stick with you. Those little analogies. They're good at those. Dorf's an interesting one for me. Cause uh, I would say he's kind of a personal friend. I've met him twice. Ooh. No big deal. 
So, oh, yeah. Wow. So I one time I even introduced my wife to him as if I'd known him forever. And I'm like, here's my wife. Like we I met him on my mission. He was he came back when he was just like a lowly 70. He came and I remember being super impressed by him and to see him rise to up through the ranks so fast was really kind of interesting to me and to get into the first presidency so fast was pretty, you know, man, that guy had a lot of potential, but it's obvious that Nelson has something against him, you know, to take him yeah. out of the presidency has been really interesting. And then seeing his talks after that, um, you just have to wonder what's happened behind those church headquarter yes. doors for sure. I mean, apart from his, great hair and dashing good looks like are you talking about me or yeah yes oh okay (laughs) that's funny Reed because I do remember the day I got married in the Salt Lake Temple a woman like barged in when we were sitting in the chapel not really barged in but she opened the door and seemed confused and a temple worker came in and said sister Uchdorf you got to come this way and I was like what and my wife well we were dating at that time engaged like apparently sister Uchtdorf was walking into the chapel that we were in, in the temple waiting to go see our sealer. <laughs> so that's my only claim to fame with general authorities. Otherwise I've never met any of them. So power to you read. <laughs> no, it's not a big, not a big it's deal. A I mean, <laughs> when um, uh, my grandma's like second cousin was uh, James E. Faust, if you recall that general authority. And um, so I always paid a lot of attention to his talks in general conference. And uh, kind of when I was having my faith crisis, uh, when I was in graduate school, um, I was working in this lab and uh, this, this guy I was working with, his name was James E. Faust. And I, w- I took it from a sign from God at that time that like kept me going in the church for a couple more years because I was like, oh, James E. Faust, no way. How could you have the same name as my distant relative? Whoa. Everything's a sign. It's all connected. <laughs> What's interesting, Ren, is his brother was my boss at some horrible slum hotel in Provo for when I was oh. in college. So no, no big deal either. <laughs> was, wasn't James E. Faust a Democrat? Yeah, yeah, he was. Yeah, his brother invented the uh, the mini trampoline. He <laughs> talked about the mini trampoline all the time, and how he had he had like all like nearly took over the world with the with the mini trampoline, and then lost it all. And, and then he was managing this horrible hotel, and his wife was oh my gosh, she was. Uh, how do you get credit for inventing a mini trampoline? It's just like there's a trampoline. Well, that's like- what he he said. He, <laughs> It turns out that he couldn't maintain the patent on it or something because it was too general. But at the time, the mini trampoline was humongous and he couldn't keep up with the demand. So there you go. It's too bad. But he looked just like James E. Faust and it was kind of and talked just kind of like him, too. So it was and they didn't seem too often age. So it was like, what is this guy doing managing this slum hotel in Provo. And I might bring up this slum hotel a lot because it, it influenced a lot of my life. So wow. a lot of, I have some haunted ghost stories from it. I, I, it it's just a great conversation. Is, is that where all the BYU students went to soak back in the day? 
Uh, no, this is where the meth heads went to make their meth and they would mount cameras outside their doors and stuff. Yeah. Much better. Oh, I was going to say like dealing coffee or something, but that's even darker. Reed. <laughs> no, it was, it was nuts there. It's great. Utah's like another planet. I feel like it's an entirely different planet. <laughs> okay, yeah. Utah is like another planet because like it's a government run by Mormons. Like don't get me started on on that. Bizarre. But, yeah. All right. So what's uh what's 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 some what what's the shit for this shit sandwich that we're making? <laughs> um is the, something the, about Judas? Oh yeah, the yeah that meme talk uh, you were talking with Wendy about Glenn. Like it's really surprising. Like I did not get any kind of sense of like Judas, like ex Mormon. I didn't even think L. Neil L. Anderson was talking about ex Mormons. But that, so that's that was wild that she like I didn't get it right away either. That was something yeah. I I saw it online and I was just like, wait, what? What? Like I missed this? <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think everybody was waiting for like, what's the what, what's the big outrage that's going to come from this conference? And it just kind of got manufactured as that mean because there really wasn't anything. At yeah. least, I don't know. I, I didn't see anything other than that meme. Well, didn't that, that meme originated from an Instagrammer who does compilation, like just comedy of like a recap of all of the sessions. And mm. it's hilarious, but it's very off from, you know, the factual quotes and and whatnot but you know screenshotting who, something okay it's the called, instagrammer it's outer dankness it's really cool name Is it? <laughs> yeah so you will uh, laugh and you will be entertained but you can't take it for you know at face value whatever is on there <laughs> yeah okay i'll have to look off to check it out yeah that made that made the rounds quick because i got that in my in a text message from a sister-in-law like right away uh, the day of conference so whoever made that yeah outer dankness way to go way to way to send the ex world and in a tissy there they're probably proud of it so i don't know yeah. we should do that we should just start coming up with some fun ones see if we can get them to spread <laughs> can i tell you my my most disliked talk of of the smattering that i listened to I did an audit of general conference, just took a handful of random talks. Actually, Ren, do you want to know the honest truth? Is I like read through your whole discourse that you wrote, which was fantastic. And uh, just picked a handful that looked interesting to me based on what you had said. So Kevin Hamilton, I don't remember which session this came from, but this is like, this is just like diving into Kurt's psyche right now. But his talk, he talked about like, changing to become more Christ-like, but he consistently in his talk talked about like, okay, being authentic, being authentic is great. As long as your authenticity matches what Christ wants you to do. Right. Which is like the exact opposite of what being authentic is like, be authentic as long as it's exactly what I want you to be like. Right. And it it like, it gets to my, to maybe my biggest beef with Mormon theology, which not exclusive to Mormon theology whatsoever, but just that like you are inherently broken that you, did you start out this world as someone who is unworthy essentially, or maybe by the time you're eight and you can sin, you are unworthy, which the idea of being unworthy is, you know, without worth or worthless 
is the exact opposite of everything that I want for like my children and those around me and for myself is to have like this inherent value and worth, which is I think lacking and whether it's intentional or not, or just a byproduct of, of what the church teaches through, um, through its doctrine, I think is like the most pernicious aspect in my mind of, of, of a healthy mental state for its members, you know? Yeah, that talk was, uh, that was the, he started it off with his little metaphor about computer programming. He's like, conditional statements are if then statement. I'm like, oh my goodness gracious, my guy, what are you doing? Like, that's not entertaining to anybody. I mean, sure, your goal's not entertainment, but you're putting everybody to sleep with that first sentence. Like, and then, like, what the hell? Like, he's basically saying, yeah, God's love is exactly like a computer program. As long as you put the right condition in the if statement, then you'll get the love. It's beautiful. Yeah. It, more like, this is why I didn't want to listen to conference. <laughs> like, Isn't that like well, the opposite of Jesus? <laughs> yeah. It's just that whole vibe of like, let me tell you who you are. Like you don't have the capability to understand yourself unless I tell you right. who you are, which I mean, puts you in that perpetual state of like, I don't know who I am. Okay. Tell me, <laughs> but oh, yeah. He's literally going to program you. Right. God, you are a computer program that God is writing. And uh, that like feels comforting. <laughs> Not really. I've got to say, like, personally, I was very disappointed in uh, David Bednar's talk because, like, it was clearly set up to be like the talk of the session, right? They had the, the number right after Elder Bednar's talk was going to be the, the song that he was talking about. I can't remember the name of it, but it's got that he, you know, he not that whatever song that is. Um, so it was all teed up for Elder Bednar to just like, you know, give a give an awesome talk and use the heed not phrase and, uh, you know, really, really create an awesome Mormon meme. And he just he just had an air ball on that one because it was just like he's like the dictionary defines this like defines uh <laughs> heeding as this this is what it means to heed and then, and then he like dissected every single word in that song in like the most academic way and i was like dude what are you doing what are you doing <laughs> this this is coming from the if you know if the actuarial tables are correct it's going to be the longest tenured prophet that the church has seen ever probably in, in modern times right because he's so young. It's going to be, it's going to be a church of robots. Kind of made me think too, like these guys have to get a little bit bored <laughs> with some of the material they have that they're sitting in meetings and they're probably like, okay, what can I draw from hymns? Like <laughs> this hymn, I'm going to write my whole talk on this hymn. I don't know. It just felt like that's what you got. <laughs> okay, so uh, what, sorry, so what ahead, uh, I was going to say back like 20 years ago, I remember having the discussion of why is conference so boring? Why are they always teaching like the same primary stuff? And I don't know if this is like uh, uh, urban legend type material, but it was because the members hadn't hadn't fulfilled what they were told from like a primary level. So they had to continue saying the same things over and over and over till the members understood. And then we could progress on to the more advanced 
deeper mysteries of God. Um, but until then, we're just going to hear the same primary stuff, the same milk toast stuff that, that 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 was what I was always told, like, because the question came up, why is this so boring? Why, why do they keep repeating the same stuff over and over that we've heard just formatting a little differently, you know, but I guess that kind of follows the trend. If there's an uptick on members leaving, then we're not getting better as members. So we are getting less substance. (laughs) I don't know. Interesting point. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's a good point. Yeah. That, that line in the temple about, you know, the, the philosophies of men mingled with scripture, like that is such an unfortunate line because it automatically cuts out any kind of like human ideas that people might have that they could bring to the church that they could like, we could, we could have like, you know, discussions about, you know, uh, uh, how to find spiritual fulfillment using ideas, not just from like some ancient scripture or whatever, or some ancient dude, um, but from like other people's perspectives. Right. And from like really deep thinkers, but no, no, you're automatically disqualified. You're disqualified. (laughs) Yeah. Glenn, I have a question for you. So in our conversations, um, many times you've mentioned like taking sources of information, whether it's a book or a podcast or a movie or whatever, whatever it may be, an individual you talk to and use that content as like a Rorschach inkblot ink to, you know, view, to, to use that and see how you feel about yourself and see how you feel about ideas or concepts or values, things like that. Do you how do you view using conference in that same way? And like, do you actively go out and listen to conference talks as like, as that Rorschach inkblot inkblot test to see how you feel about these things anymore? Is that, are you, have you moved on past that? Oh, I, I moved on from the conference talks a long time ago, Uh, but I, I mean, the, the, the idea of, of looking at something and paying attention to your response to it, um, I mean, I, I kind of still do that for everything. So if I do go in and, and listen to a conference talk, I'm paying attention to my reaction and my response to it, but I don't actively go and seek out conference talks to learn from. Cause I know what my, <laughs> I know what my reaction and responses are to that pretty much. One thing I thought about a lot this time around, because I notice a, a very, um, tangible difference in the way that I felt when I was listening because before it was with an agenda which is funny because I knew we were doing this and so I had an agenda in my mind but um, it it served a different or I don't know it just provided a different feeling whereas comparing to the past it did it even with sacrament meeting, there's something about familiar beats and notes and, and tones of voice songs at the appropriate times where it does, there's something familiar and comforting about it. But then because of the change, you know, that I've gone through, I feel I had felt that tension before of not allowing it to be, you know, like the hymns to be nice or to feel okay. Cause I had that tension. And this time I was just like, Oh, that's a beautiful, that's a beautiful song. And then I would just listen to the words separately, but um, I guess I don't really know where I'm going with this, but I was paying attention to the way that I felt when I was listening to it instead of, you know, looking for something or I, I don't know. And I think that's shifted a lot 
like just the way that I approach it, because I think most members do that, whether it's consciously or subconsciously, just wanting that feeling of familiarity and, you know, that comfort. Yeah, I, I think that's a really good point, Jess, because, you know, there there is something that's just very valuable about, um, you know, our, our, our brains store memories based upon feelings. And so if you've got a good feeling that you're safe with your family members or your community and you're doing this, you know, ritual of general conference, um, it makes sense that all those sounds and cadences and uh, you know, all, all of that stuff, tones of voice would kind of bring that up. Like if you had happy memories uh, or safe memories or whatever, yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. Thanks, Jess. But uh, Kurt, I, I feel like I kind of disappointed you a little bit um, with, the way that I, with the way that I answered that question. You disappoint me regularly, Glenn. It's a Yeah, question. yeah. Um, no, no, no. You, I mean, you didn't disappoint me. I, mean, I, think, I think you answered probably exactly as I would have expected you to answer. Um, but well, actually, let me ask you this then. So when it comes to like, I consistently feel like a hierarchy of sources of information that I'm going out and searching to learn from, right? Mm -hmm. Whether it's like <clears throat> some scientist I respect or something like that feels high in the, high in the ranks and like probably general conference would be much lower but regardless of what I'm, what I'm consuming, like whatever media or, or information I'm consuming, I'm able to, like you say, like, see how I feel, take this, examine my own beliefs, thoughts, et cetera, and use, basically use any content as a, a, as a positive stepping stone to a better Kurt. Yeah. Um, but like, <sighs> how much, how much should I be caring about? Like, where I'm spending my time. You know what I mean? Because there's lots of things that I could be spending my time on. And I feel like sometimes I spend my time on, um, like garbage, whether it's podcasts or books or things like that, that don't add value. Uh, is that making sense? Like you're, you're asking me to tell you how you should spend <laughs> your time. Um, no, wait. I want to I double click on <laughs> the word value when you said the stuff that adds value like what what do you mean like like what is something that's valuable like what makes one life more valuable than another or one experience more valuable than another like the instantaneous answer that comes to the top of my head when you ask that ren is um like maybe not with with value uh, sorry maybe not with lives but with like information or ideas feels like getting towards a uh, uh, capital T truth, either, either, either broadly, like scientifically or like for me personally, right. Like getting closer to truth. Like I, I could study Scientology materials all day long and, and maybe I could find a lot of truth there, but I would probably rather study like Brene Brown, right. Or, or, whatever it may be, you know, that I view higher on that hierarchy. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. And then the follow-up is, is so this pursuit of truth, maybe capital T truth, lowercase T truth, whatever, like what's that? <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> I, I don't know what that is. I mean, it's something I'm trying to figure out and I don't know. I'd be interested in hearing what other people think too. 
What, what do you think it is, Ren? Like, do you, do you view a difference between those two? Like personal truth and capital T broader truth? I don't know. I, I, I don't, I don't view a difference between those. Like I, my core values aren't about finding truth. Like I'm not super concerned about finding truth. I'm, my values are um, curiosity, um, peace, and joy. And those are the things that I pursue. Um, so um, that's just that's just me. That's and bowling, right? And bowling. Playing <laughs> Star Trek. In Star Trek. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I think it's interesting too, the more that I noticed a difference, just giving myself permission to learn other things, have a wider variety of information available to me, because that's something that I never did when I was, you know, very active. I had a set amount of resources. And the minute that I started kind of absorbing other ideas, I had different framework my scaffolding was different. And so anytime, you know, there was input of ideas, it bounced off something different in there. So my idea of truth or my idea of, you know, how I perceive something, it started to evolve, it started to change. And so I, I find that really interesting when I look at something like conference, because most members have a scaffolding that is given to them, you know, with resources that are approved and, their idea of truth is very homogenized and it varies. There's a lot of variation within that, but it's under the same structure. And so, you know, for people like us who have sought out different, you know, ideas and information, it slowly starts to change the way you even view, you know, what truth could be or might be, or I don't know that, I've and and hasn't that hasn't that made it difficult for you just to to interact with some of your oh. family members, friends that, that they're still staying within those limits of like what what's OK to explore? What are the sources that are OK to read? Well, and you go outside of it and then you don't have as much in common with them. Totally. And it's funny because I feel I felt a moment of loss in having that security of the definition of what everything was. And so I have a lot of compassion and empathy for, you know, anyone who's functioning under whatever ideas and then seeing anything outside of that as a threat like that, yeah. that's frustrating. Um, but I think the best that I can do, or I try to do is just to say, you know, like when someone expresses to me what they believe or what they think about something that is true, I just believe them. <laughs> yeah, you you believe you believe that they that they're sharing something with you that's important to them, right? And within right. their yeah. mind and within their experience, just like with me and my mind and my experience, that is what is resounding as true for them. Yeah. So I respect that and I embrace that. Yeah, I I love that, and I I, I wish I, I wish we all did that more. <laughs> In, instead of like arguing. Uh, like if you've got two people and you you acknowledge that you've got different life experiences, so you're going to interpret things differently. Um, here's a situation. How do you see it? Because you're going to see things that I don't see. And so I want to hear what it is that you, that you have to say. 
And it might be very, very different from what I did, but I can learn something from that. And then I'm going to tell you what I see, because it's going to be different from what you see. And so by both of us adding our perspective together, we get a little closer to a fuller perspective, you know, just, just two people. But um, instead, I, I find so often we argue, like you say, well, how do you see it? Oh, well, that's not how I see it. And so then we just argue, why, why do we see it differently instead of accepting the difference and being interested in it? And I don't, I don't remember why I went down that path, but I got passionate about it. So I did it. Well, you're welcome. So, Thanks. Along Thanks, those lines, um, just the podcast episode that you shared the other day about certainty and how to change people's minds, or is, is, that's not what the podcast was about, but the, but the author that the dude was interviewing in, in that podcast talked about that, how to change people's minds. And it was like so much more around, um, well, like the ideas were with, with like street, street epistemology or like deep canvassing those ideas, right. Of just like asking people being more interested in how they got to the conclusions that they got rather than the actual conclusions that they are drawing. Right. Like, tell me about your mental process that got you to, to where you are and whether or not that's exactly what was going on in their brains or whatever, that's, that's their story that they told at the end. It's far, it's usually far more insightful than just like arguing about conclusions, you know? Totally. And that's the more interesting part anyway. And, you know, in that podcast, they talk about, you know, so often we think of beliefs as like things we're holding like an object, but it's really a process. It's really, you know, all kinds of different things that are bouncing off of each other to get you somewhere. So in order to even understand what you believe, you have to kind of figure out where you came from. Yeah. And even calling it a conclusion seems so definite (laughs) as as if it's not going to (laughs) change. No, it changes all the time. Yeah. And, but that's the thing where I think now for us, you know, or at least speaking for myself, I embrace that. Mm-hmm. Like what, what I see right now in front of me and the way I feel about it, I look at it and I can kind of just appreciate it in the moment of like, this is neat. Like I like this <laughs> or this resounds, this feels good. It could change. It will change. You know, like, I don't know what it will look like tomorrow or, you know, in the future, but there's much more uh, acceptance of it becoming or, you know, evolving than before of the fear aspect of it that was the you are not so smart podcast by the way yeah and it's one uh, of my favorites and, and and while glenn's intro to his podcast is incredible the intro intro to this podcast it's actually a song by caravan palace in case you're interested it's like the catchiest 45 seconds you've ever heard in your life it's funny it's old it's kind of old-timey like yeah. <laughs> i don't know yeah i'm gonna edit that part out but um, I'm kidding. <laughs> you, you know, you know what I'd like to do. Um, I, I, if you're open to this, Jess, because Bren, I, I, I thought you did a great job of leading this tonight. Um, great job, Jess, Bren. if if you want to lead next week, and we can make that podcast something that we talk about, where we all listen to it, we take notes and and have a discussion about it. Because I haven't listened to it yet, but I'd be really interested in doing that. What What do the rest of you think? Yeah. I would too. As long as we spend half the time talking about the song at the beginning, I'm down. (laughs) I have to sing it. (laughs) Yeah. This is where I disagree with Kurt. I I think Glenn's intro is better. I really Thanks, Reed. I'm sorry. Thanks, Reed. I mean, it was a good intro. I liked it, but at the same time, I was like, eh, Glenn's is better because he has like 
yeah temple video stuff in it cool. does the you are not so smart uh podcast guy still do the cookie recipes every time no that has, oh, ended. that has ended there's only oh. so many there's only so many cookies oh we should have we, should, we could have exchanged cookie recipes well, yeah have to think of some tagline some i don't know and and before we wrap up tonight i i was really expecting some potty humor from you kurt i mean you kind of like came came in like you were going to provide potty humor and i know that there's at least one thing that we talked about in the thread that hasn't even come up i thought it was going to earlier when you mentioned candle but um i don't know yeah, is that tell something us you want to bring tell up? Us what's up kurt tell us what's up uh, yeah what's up what's what's up what's what's down uh yeah. you, you want to unless it's too hard for you to talk That's about what she said. <laughs> Uh, you know, these ideas are pretty limp in my mind. Like it's not yeah. <clears throat> um, uh, this, well, I don't know. Maybe this should be uh, boner contact, uh, bonus content. I mean, yeah. Could uh, be. for the, for the Patreon feed that you just oh saved. For, mm. So people can pay lots of money to hear these stories. Oh, wouldn't that be nice? Uh, uh, I mean, yeah, it would be great for people to pay lots of money to hear yeah. stories about my, uh, general conference erections in the past oh, yeah this, this um, has a full episode behind it i i have a feeling like a full dedicated episode have you really had an erection during general conference because that was the joke you, you said something about you were, um, were going to joke around about untimely erections which <laughs> i thought are there timely erections in general like wh where is that a good thing to or appropriate <laughs> um there's there's no there's no untimely erection like any erection is a is a joy from from heavenly father um <laughs> it, <laughs> um <clears throat> i mean i'll tell you briefly if you if you want to hear it's it's not that funny of a story actually what we were joking about uh all it all it is is i remember on my mission um having a <laughs> having a pair of pants that were like like super loose and flowy and stuff you know they were like drapey yeah. polyester mm -hmm. and wearing them to like read like you were talking about like we had to go to a chapel to watch general conference or whatever and all i remember is like we would have like um we would do like like prayers and everything after like it was all the members would get together and everything and i was thinking i was saying the closing prayer and for whatever reason like i i had an erection at the end of the general conference and like like here's the thing like i don't know like do you like Stand were you like knocking the books out of the, the, the <laughs> as you were like trying to get out of the row and it was <laughs> you giving people you know, high fives? I, yeah. I wish I wish I could remember like why it was there. Like I that would be far more interesting. And then at least I could be blessed with like that mental memory of like some beautiful Spanish woman or something like that. But mm. uh, I don't remember the why. Um, <clears throat> and I really hope like it wasn't like James E. Faust or whatever. Like, um, but just why, like, why do you hope like, that? What would be wrong with, yeah, with that? With no, that? I mean, no, on, I mean, there's nothing. No, there's nothing wrong with with acceptance, man. With, right. Let your light shine. Being, <laughs> yeah, erotically turned on by like old geriatric, yeah, church dudes. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Not at all. So I just remember like, like trying to hide it, walking to the front of the room. But like, that's so <laughs> awkward. Like, do you just like keep your hands in front of your pants or whatever? Like, and why did anyway. you have to walk in front of the room? You couldn't wait it out. Because that's usually what you do, right? You wait it out. Yeah. After this, let's let's have a talk with Kurt about ways that you can hide it or just. I have zero comment here. <laughs> like I think my time is up. <laughs>
lots of lots of strategies here, Kurt, that we could share with you, but you don't walk up in front of everyone. Hand placement. That's rule number one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. This is turning um, into a different kind of podcast yeah, here. Public so. service <laughs> announcement. All right. Well, everyone, thanks for attending the 800th annual gen. Oh, wait, you're not to 800 what was yet, are you? What are you on? What episode is it Fence on Thrones on now? You're it on seems s- like it was always the 376th. The 376th <laughs> biannual. Every time it seems it's like, like the same number. 790 something. That's my guess. Oh, you're talking about the number of episodes of Infants on Thrones. Oh, I thought you were talking yeah. about like the general conference stuff. Uh, what is it? Yeah. Pro- oh, probably seven, 790. Yeah. This will be 797 or 798, something like that. Uh, 796. I was, right. yeah, I was in the close. realm. Yeah. Yeah. Music has been provided by the bells at Temple Square and the trumpets um, and uh, we'd like to give special thanks to uh, uh, Mike's kids for being cool <laughs> forget the, the mini trampoline sponsor yeah <laughs> uh, anybody for the closing prayer nice. put down the weapons that you use against yourself you don't need them anymore hey there thanks for listening all the way to the end Now, I really hope that you enjoyed today's episode. I have more to say about this topic, and I'm going to do that with a follow-up behind-the-scenes sharing time episode on Patreon. So, if you're in a position where you can throw me a few dollars each month to support the work that I put into creating this podcast, please come and support me on Patreon, where you'll also get access to additional content. Did you know that I also create sharing time episodes that are available only to Patreon subscribers? I've been doing that for a few years, so there's a lot of content there that you can have access to. So please come and support this podcast if you can. I greatly appreciate it. Hi, this is Hillary, Matthew, Ryan, Carol, Ashley, and I like to play bingo online while listening to Infants on Thrones. You can comment on this episode on the website, infantsonthrones.com. And if you really like what you hear, give the quorum a five-star rating and write a short review on iTunes. I did. I did. I did. Anyone for the closing prayer? My worst crime is an inside job. Dark thoughts taking over like an inside mob. I tune into the scene between the eyes and take a breath. Thank you for listening to Infants on Front. I sit still and watch the thoughts flow past me. Never mind the future, never mind what the past be. I like to jump and let the universe catch me. Three, four, watch the beauty blow past me. I keep my pockets like destination in sight. Keep my actions elevated to compassionate heights. I'm walking past the fight, laying down.